Talk 1110-993-WBT. Pete Callender here. Uh, the phone numbers 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. Uh, in studio with me are two candidates for U.S. Senate, Shannon Bray's Libertarian candidate, and Matthew Ho is the Green Party candidate. And uh, if you have a question for them, you'd like to weigh in and you'd like to ask them, you can call the number 704-570-1110, or you can send me an email, Pete, at thepetecallendershow.com, and also on Twitter, at Pete Callender. Uh, so, uh, let's get to it. Here's, uh, Robert. He joins us now. Hello, Robert. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hey. Thanks for taking my call. Sure, uh, certainly. So, uh, you have a question for the candidates. Yeah. Uh, first of all, applaud you guys for coming on. I think Pete, most people run from Pete's show and his questions. <laughs> admire you guys standing in there. Um, so I heard you say you don't like the government dictating on the previous segment decisions would you apply the same thing to like the vaccine mandates for U.S. troops? A hundred percent. Medical workers. Yes, hundred percent. In fact, um, I personally have never caught COVID. I'm not vaccined, um, and I am against government mandates. Um, and because of that stance, I use that to not be hypocritical on other body autonomy uh, topics because I I believe in body autonomy. All right, that's Shannon Bray, uh, Matthew Ho. What do you think? Yeah, um, just to be uh, uh, clear, I, I'm vaccinated and boosted, um, and I do not agree with a, a broad mandate for vaccines. I, I agree with it for a very limited category of public health or critical infrastructure workers, and that's it. Um, again, because it comes back to the bodily autonomy uh, thing for me. Um, and this is whenever I talk about this, I always want to pivot to the fact that what we actually need, the pandemic assurance we need, is a uh, healthcare system that covers all people. Um, you know, uh, we, we, we've gotten distracted about the, with the pandemic in terms of finger pointing when the healthcare industry and the pharmaceutical industry continues to get away with it does, which is take a ton of money and deliver terrible outcomes. All right, Robert. All right, thank you. Thanks uh-huh. for uh, taking the question. Yes, yeah, certainly. 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Uh, this was one of the things I thought you guys, uh, another area you guys agreed on last night uh, and spent a, th- a good bit of time talking about was the role of money in politics and the the way the the system kind of works. And I, I was kind of surprised to hear both of you guys at one point go back to the gold standard when talking mm-hmm. about the Federal Reserve and banking. And we haven't even gotten to the economy questions, but um, you tied it in with that. You tied it into healthcare care uh, as well. And uh if if the problems are so large and the 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 parties are so ingrained uh, and entrenched in these positions, then what kind of a chance do you or I or anyone else have in really dismantling any of that if it's if it's so entrenched? Well, there's no alternative. I mean, the alternative is to continue to let it happen. The alternative is to let the status quo be. And that's a deadly status quo for a lot of people. I mean, one of the reasons I'm running is because I have people in my life who uh, have to check their bank accounts before they go to the doctor. I have neighbors who've lost their homes to corporations. Uh, you know, and, and, and the number of opioid overdose deaths I've known, I've seen in my life, um, you know, I want it, it, it's six, right? I mean, and if you come out of the combat veteran community, you, you know that that's a re- very real experience. So what alternative is there other than the fight, other than try and change it? And it is. We're up against a Leviathan. We, you know, uh, um, 
you know, Martin Luther King, when he denounces the Vietnam War in 1967 in his Riverside Sermon, he says, and he later said it, he said it the day before he was murdered as well, you know, true compassion is not flipping a coin to a beggar. True compassion is tearing down the edifice that creates beggars. And he uses the word edifice, right? I mean, it, 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 so what we are up against is Leviathan. And we have to understand that. We have to approach this asymmetrically. We have to uh, do this in a manner that's smart. Um, but it's also something that we can't shy away from. So as big as the problem is, uh, it, it, it just requires a, a, a degree of, of understanding that what we're up against is there is no alternative but to be up against it. Trusting our representatives um, over the last 50 years is what got us here. Um you know, and it wasn't necessarily as uh, uh, as obscene as in in the early third thirty years ago, but it, the last uh, twenty two years has been uh, a constant divide that we uh, that the American individual is losing um, to corporate America and special interest groups. Uh, that's just. Um, uh, um, that, that's really all I have to say. Yeah, Jim is up next here. He's got a question for the candidates. Hello, Jim. Welcome to the program. How are you? Hey, Pete. Hey. I've grown very ambivalent about the political process in this country, and I'm specifically talking about the R's and the D's, Republicans and Democrats, and it's for a couple of, of main reasons. First of all, the tax taxation system in this country, right on down to the local level, is open-ended. There's no constitutional constraint on it if you get a raise pete you're going to send more money to the government just because you qualified for a raise your boss thought you needed more money why does the government need more money okay that's that's my first uh uh point the second point is, is there wait, hang on jim is there a question uh, yeah okay yeah, I want, i'm okay. looking for i'm looking for the candidates or the parties that will address these two issues I'm getting ready to talk about, and okay. I'll mention the second one. Right now, 60 to 70% of federal and state budgets, on average, across the country, go to either Medicare or education. When you go to vote, you're voting on, at best, about 15 to 25% of the annual budget. That's it. It's already committed. It's already spent. The power base is already there until, until those two big issues are broken up Forget about any change of government in this country. All right, so let's throw this now. To, so you got the two issues. There. Thank you, Jim. I appreciate the call. So uh, on taxes and education and Medicare so and spending, I guess it's all kind of there. So who wants Jim's vote? I would like to talk to Jim. <laughs> Shannon, Hi, Jim. of course, yes. Uh, Shannon Bray, Libertarian. <laughs> and this is on my platform. Um, no, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm very much against excessive taxing. Um, uh, I'm against federal taxes altogether. Uh, and I also want to see the government out of our education. So I completely agree with you um, uh, 100%. So the whole time you were talking, I'm shaking my head, and I, I knew that was going to be an easy answer. All right, <laughs> so he's on board. Matthew. Yeah, Jim, uh, thanks for calling in. Um, obviously, uh, we disagree. I'm with the Green Party. We are a socialist party, so uh, we are, are going to have our disagreement on this. But I think what we find our, our common ground is the notion that we are spending so much money on health care. We are spending so much money on education. And what are we getting for it? You know, with health care, we spend more than anyone else in the world on health care. 
and we have about the worst healthcare system in the world when we compare it to like the other wealthy developed nations. So it'd be one thing if we were spending all this money on healthcare and we had the best healthcare in the world, or if we were spending the least amount and we had the worst, but we're spending the most and we're getting the worst. It, it, you know, uh, so your anger and your frustration is exactly right. And I mean, this is something that, you know, Shannon and I keep finding agreement on, you know, that the, the fundamental problems that exist are real and they are hurting us and, and they're getting worse. And so I think what we need to have is these types of conversations where our solutions are, are provided to these, pro- our solutions are provided that are different, but with the understanding of what the underlying problem is. And so for me, when I look at taxation, to answer your question, I do want to take the tax burden off of individuals. I want to take the tax burden off of families. Working families are overburdened with taxes. Uh, uh, That is very clear while we see corporations, banks, the wealthy not paying their fair share. And I think that's probably the easiest way for me to summarize it. Have working families pay less, have corporations, banks, and the wealthy pay more. Uh, My guests are Shannon Bray and Matthew Ho, two candidates for U.S. Senate. Shannon's Libertarian. Matthew is the Green Party candidate. More with them in a moment. (music) News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Pete Callender here with Matthew Ho, the Green Party candidate for U.S. Senate here in North Carolina, and Shannon Bray, the uh, Libertarian candidate for U.S. Senate as well. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines. By the way, if you have a question for the candidates here, 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. Uh, you can also email Pete at the com. Joe, welcome to the program. You have a question for the candidates, Joe. Absolutely. Hey, Pete. It's good to talk to you again, as always. Glad to hear your voice. Thank you. Uh, sir, uh, gentlemen, I'd like to know, um, there's, a to me, the major issue in America that most Americans aren't aware of is there seems to be a determined effort to basically to get elected in to any major office you need gobs of money i mean millions of dollars to have a two hundred thousand dollar job and which means you have to solicit yourselves to get gobs of money prostitute yourselves you know basically you're dealing you're working for the rich man or those who have the means to provide the money and resources, and not for the common man. And I can give you all kinds of mechanisms they use in Washington to do that, and I have solutions for that, but I want to hear what you guys have to say. All right, thanks, Joe. So funding of uh, campaigns. Matthew, you want to start with this? Yeah, I'm a first-time political candidate, and and Shannon said said earlier about how once you run as a candidate, your understanding of how corrupt the system is really deepens. And um, the, the, the corruption of money, and Joe, thanks for this question, and I'll, I'll push it past the federal system because we see uh, on the local levels how involved money is in our local politics. Look at the, the races for Charlotte or Raleigh City Councils and, and, and the amount of out-of-state money coming from real estate developers. And then we see luxury hotels going up and more homeless people, right? I mean, so the corruption that uh, the money brings in terms of buying the allegiance, buying the loyalty, uh, making sure something is going to happen for that money given, um, we all understand that. Um, And so, yeah, we're dedicated to getting money out of politics. 
you know, in the 2020 U.S. Senate race, I think it was $300 million was spent uh, by the Republicans and the Democrats. And most of that money was that dark money, that money that came from, you know, unaccountable sources. Um, that money is not spent without purpose and without buying something. And so absolutely, you see over and over again, um, whether it's uh, the wars overseas, whether it's the war on drugs, whether it's like a failed healthcare system, you know, the amount of money involved in this continues to dictate our policies. And those policies are hurting the American people. And it just keeps coming back to Joe, as you correctly said, money being uh, 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 the money being what drives and owns our politicians. Yeah, and I want to add uh, to that, Joe. Um, I, I'm a I'm a second time Senate candidate. I ran um, last cycle against um, Cunningham and uh, Tillis. Uh, they, they spent over a quarter billion dollars. Uh, I spent about four hundred, uh, and it was very you know they they control the entire dynamic, the power. Uh, their money comes from special interest groups and uh, who who they then are indebted to, but then they also use that money to pay for media coverage. And, uh, you know, it's very difficult to get the attention that we need as candidates without the money and without the media attention, um, because everything has a price on it. Uh, so people with good ideas, um, are often silenced, um, to, and fall victim to whatever the government narrative needs to be. Um, and you're right. They spend uh, millions of dollars for a hundred and seventy-five thousand mm-hmm. dollar job. That tells you that all they care about is power, corruption, and if they say anything else, they're they're lying. Because I, so last last uh, last election when I ran, the Democrats actually spent um, over a hundred thousand dollars on flyers for me that um, that were trying to split the gun vote. Um, I'm I'm a libertarian. I, I believe that every gun law is unconstitutional. Uh, and at the time, uh, Tillis was uh, saying that he wasn't going to support red flag laws, even though I, I knew that he was. Um, but the flyer correctly said that he would. Uh, it came out and he did. Um, but that was money I didn't even spend. That was the Democrats trying to split the vote. Um, but it goes worse than that. I've seen him screw over Erica Smith, who I was running against. Um, Is that uh, me? No, that's not me. Is that you, Shannon? Yep, that's All right. me. Okay. Well, to your point here, uh, and we're going to go to uh, newscast. I got a, a tweet that says the reason they're spending so much money is because the government has too much power. And I, uh, I would submit that that is accurate. And I, it, it's even more so at the national level. You have all the power concentrated in one place, and it's a lot cheaper for them to spend a you know a million or two in to, you know for a couple seats in one city instead of having to go to every single state legislature. So the you know the government closest to the people is probably the government that governs best. Um, That's just me. I'm not running for anything. News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Here with two candidates running for U.S. Senate. The Libertarian, Shannon Bray, and the Green Party candidate. Is there a better way to say, because you can say the Libertarian, but I don't say the Green. Do I just say the Green? Yeah, Green's fine. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, Matthew Ho. And um, by the way, I'll give you a chance right now, before I forget, plug your websites, Shannon. 
Uh, ShannonBray.us. And Matt for Senate.org. It's the number four. Matt so for, Matt for Senate. Yeah, there you go. Four, yeah. So he got to say it twice. You should. ShannonBray.us. <laughs> <laughs> Equal time. All righty. So uh, got a, uh, here's a tweet from Brad who says, question for Matthew Ho. Uh, the government's war on poverty is 50 years old, but it, but it's the banksters, big pharma, big energy, big insurance, and the military-industrial complex that are richer now. You still think more government regulations are the answer? Question mark. Sorry. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with the, the premise of, of what, uh, you know, uh, is, is in that tweet, um, that we have had a system that has failed uh, more and more Americans every year. I mean, 60% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck now. And just like I said in that tweet, uh, uh, big ag, big pharma, uh, the military industrial complex, Wall Street have all benefited. And I think one of the things you look at is, well, why is that? And it's because we've had a bipartisan consensus to make sure that happens. That, you know, if, if you look at where, where do the Democrats and Republicans overlap on issues? And you see it's exactly on those things, on banking, you know, Wall Street, on the military industrial complex, on big ag, on pharma, on health care. You know, maybe there might be some differences, but, you know, in terms of what they advocate for and who they take their money for, going back to Joe's question earlier, you know, it's the same thing. And so, you know, if you look at um, why has the American worker lost money? Over the last four decades, while everything else has gotten more expensive, particularly necessities, education, health care, housing. Um, well, those are because of deliberate government policies. Those are because of, in my opinion, financialization policies that make sure the money goes to the top. And so we are not like I'm not in favor of universal basic income, which is where a lot of people think poverty reduction should come from. I'm in favor of a federal jobs guarantee and paying people a living wage. Right. So that people can afford to do the things they need to do. So the question is asking if all, if these are all examples though, if we're railing against um, this sort of unholy alliance, business mm. and government, I mean, the business can't force you to do anything, but for the force of government by using, by, by ha having the, the relationship with government, yeah. why empower government further? Because that's the, that's the arm of force being used. Right. I would, I agree with that in our current setup, right? The way it's structured now uh, brought this up last night, you know, heard the story this week about the guy who was uh, the chief regulator for the tobacco industry for the FDA retiring and going to work for Philip Morris. Mm -hmm. So we have a corrupt rigged system. Uh, it's about breaking that. It's about getting people into Congress, getting people into state government, into local government. All right, who are so break to quote that. Milton Friedman, who were these angels among us? Right. If they if, they, if these are people, right, people are behaving in right. the ways that people do. And just because they're in government doesn't make them, quote, public servants. It doesn't mean that they are now no longer corrupt. Right. These angels that are what are in the private sector or in the public sector now, would they all just go to the other sector or something? No, I, I think it's about getting different people in. Right. It's about uh, one. This gets back to what we're talking about with like a multi-party democracy, having issues based voting. Right. Getting to we, we spoke a little bit earlier off off air uh, about this idea that having people people being able to vote based on their political and economic philosophies. Mm -hmm. And this is why I say I, I would vote, even though Shannon and I have very severe and sharp disagreements. Uh, if I wasn't on the ballot, I would vote for Shannon Bray for U.S. Senate because I know that Shannon as a person and then as an elected official is going 
to vote based upon his life experiences, based upon his personal philosophies, based upon what he believes and based upon what he believes is best for his community. Disagree with his solutions for that, but I believe in him as a person and because of he's a part of the Libertarian Party, because if he wasn't, he'd be part of the Republican Party, because frankly, it'd be a lot easier for Shannon if he was a Republican, just as it would be a lot easier for me if I was a Democrat. Mm-hmm. And so I think this is what it gets down to is that the, 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 we, we can't overemphasize how captured our government is by money, how captured it is by business, how it's, it's you know, on the left. We look at it as not a a question between choosing business or government, but understanding that it's a symbiotic relationship. Mm -hmm. You can't you can't really determine where one begins and the other leaves off. You know, so, yeah, but the Shannon talk. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Well, so you got his endorsement. Congratulations on that. Uh, By the way, Mark Elias, if you're listening, (laughs) you can get a vote. You can get a vote out of Go ahead, Shannon. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 I mean, I, I do agree. Matt should vote for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, I, uh, yeah, this is one of the things that Matt and I actually d- disagree on. Um, just because I want to see the re- you know smaller government policies and and stuff. Uh, I, I do appreciate where where he likes to go with it, but I don't trust anyone in the government. Um, I don't. I don't trust the the lawmakers. I mean, I used to, right? I, I'm a combat veteran as well. Uh, I used to look up to the president. Uh, I ran off to war for him. Um, and then when I found out uh, about how how much political power was behind this war, it broke my heart. Uh, it broke my heart to the point that where I I left the Republican Party. Uh, well, I wasn't really ever a registered Republican. I was voting Republican. Um, and then I became a libertarian because I'm anti-war. Um, that, so there's a reason why I, I don't run as a Republican because I don't agree with all their stances. Um, I, I feel like uh, a lot of Republicans are warmongers. Um, and, you know, they're, they, they help the corporations and not necessarily uh, the, in, the individual. Um, and there, there's just a lot of uh, control that happens from that party that uh, I personally disagree with. But I've been asked by the RNC to actually run as a Republican, um, and I'll never do that uh, because it compromises my values. My guests uh, in studio, uh, Shannon Bray and Matthew Ho. If you've got questions, there are some people on the line. We will get to your calls, as many as we can. Uh, and i got some emails as well. All right, one more segment here with the... Green Party candidate Matthew Ho and Libertarian Party candidate Shannon Bray. They're running for U.S. Senate, North Carolina. Uh, we got a couple folks on the line. Let me. We haven't talked. You are a member of the Green Party. Let's talk green energy. Let's get Mary on real quick. And Mary, if you can, state your question quickly so we can get to as many as possible. Okay. Uh, when I was 10 years old, I lived in Charlotte, North Carolina. My d- grandpa would laugh at these green people. They said that Charlotte would be underwater by the sea by the time I was 30. I'm 65 years old. I don't believe in that crap, and I think there should be less government, and it should be privatized. And let's go, Brandon. That's all I got to say. All right. So why aren't we underwater, Matthew? Because uh, I, I, you know, respectfully don't think that was ever said uh, that Charlotte would be underwater. Uh, but what we do see is we do see uh, the rising sea levels. We see uh, uh, expansion of wildfire. We see expansion of droughts. It's having a very real effect. 
uh, you know, people talk about floods and, you know, flood basins expanding, having floods where floods had not occurred before. The climate is changing. Uh, it is changing rapidly. It uh, uh, let me ask you this, though, because and I, I, yeah. I know this is a big topic. I understand. But the climate is always changing. I don't think anybody denies that the climate is changing. And I actually just saw when I get, was mm-hmm. prepping for this, there's a, a scientist, four Italian scientists actually came out yesterday or two days ago. Um, and they say that the uh, major review of historical climate trends conclude declaring a climate emergency is not supported by the data. They review data from a wide range of weather phenomena. They say a climate crisis, quote unquote, of the kind that people are alarmed about, quote, is not evident yet. And they suggest rather than burdening kids with anxiety about climate change, we should encourage them to think about issues like energy, food and health in their local areas. Mm. Yeah, so, I mean, you're always going to have dissenting views. And I would say, look at Pakistan, which is a third underwater right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you talk to people who hunt and fish all their life, and mm-hmm. they will tell you it's changing. And yes, the climate has changed over eons, but the rapidity, the speed at which it's changing now uh, is from, you know, what what uh, the consensus is among scientists and researchers that it's this is man-made and it's changing rapidly due to our actions using fossil fuels. Uh, you know, but I'll also say too, there are other aspects of, of pollution that play into this. There are other actually aspects of say our foreign policy. We have presidents who have to go and kiss the ring of the King of Saudi Arabia because we have a foreign policy that's dictated by our energy policy, which is completely captured by fossil fuels. So a lot that ties into uh, this, um, you know, but the urgency is something I, I very much believe. And I think that what we see now is going to be nothing compared to what we see in 20 or 30 years in terms of the effects on our society from these uh, uh, sea level rises, floods, droughts, wildfires, hurricanes, temperature increases, et cetera. Shannon, you said you, you were a con- uh, libertarian environmentalist. Yeah, I'm an environmentalist, mm-hmm. but it, it's more I want to see smaller government um, and also the, the people who are polluting they need uh, financial uh, punishment, mm-hmm. right? So I, I think a lot of that can help. Um, I, I'm of the, it, you know, I studied uh, astronomy when I was uh, in college. Um, and, you know, there, there's a lot to say about the rotation of the earth and how the constant uh, climate uh, changes. I have long argued the sun is trying to kill us. <laughs> the sun is trying it to is kill the, us. It just, everyone keeps looking at us and the earth. And it's, I think it's the sun. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. The solar radiation. Yeah. With that, I mean, yeah. Um, but but yeah, I, I also do think that there's um, a man-made element to it as well. Um, but I don't think that we're going to necessarily uh, solve that with green energy. Um Primarily, when you start looking at things like windmills, I think windmills are considered green energy, but mm-hmm. yet they, they consume a, a ton of oil. Yeah. So it's not necessarily as green as it is. Kill and a lot of birds, too. Kills a lot of birds. Yeah. Uh, and they, they, look, uh, they look terrible um, you know, out there in the water. Mm. Um, so it's, it's, uh, but, but I, think it, I think it's important. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of uh, nuclear energy, uh, but you know, I came out of the Navy uh, – Rode around on nuclear subs, um, so I have a little bit more faith in it. But at the same time, too, every every agency's had a reactor uh, issue besides the United States Navy uh, throughout the world. He says, as a point of pride, that's right. Uh, all right, let me get to a couple more calls here. Let's get to Stephen. Welcome to the show, Stephen. You have a question for the candidates? I do, and and 
peek really quickly. Genesis chapter 9, verse 11 says that God will never use water to flood the earth again. And the book of Job talks about how God uses the weather, among other things, to punish us uh, for being uh, uh, disobedient to his word. Um, so, so I think that's important for us to keep in mind. My question to the candidates are, uh, it's self-evident to this voter that most of the time we get ourselves into trouble by not doing one thing, and that is staying within the guardrails set forth in the Constitution. Too many politicians uh, come up with policies, legislation that fall outside those guardrails. The Supreme Court... All right, so, uh, Stephen, yeah, get to the yeah, question. My yeah, get to the... Is, yeah. Which candidates are going to stay within those guardrails? All right. Shannon, you want to start with that? Yes. Uh, I I believe uh, in the Constitution as strictly as it is written. I think that every gun law is unconstitutional. Um, and, you know, I think we need to strengthen our first, second, fourth, fifth amendments uh, and just, and just kind of keep going. In fact, I support them all. I, I have a problem with the 16th. Um, but that's the taxation one. Mm. <laughs> gotcha. All right, Matthew. I, 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 I broadly agree. Um, I, I am not a, a literalist or I'm not an originalist. Uh, you know, I believe that we have to interpret uh, uh, to the time and the period, but we must remain within the framework. We were talking about this off air about the importance of legislation rather than courts deciding what our society uh, uh, what what is right and just for society? We should have legislation that provides uh, that basis for us. That is the foundation. That is the rule of law. Uh, and so, um, yeah, I, I broadly agree. Although uh, I definitely have a different interpretation of how to read the Constitution than Shannon. I think we agree that the legislation has to, the laws have to come from the legislature, not from the judiciary. A uh, quick question from Twitter from D: If elected, how would they bring attention to the U.S. role in the war in Yemen? Matthew. Absolutely. The war in Yemen has been a, a genocide. Uh, hundreds of thousands have been killed. Uh, it is a war that is a proxy war for the United States. It cannot exist without the United States uh, 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 involvement, which the United States is heavily involved in. I would do everything I can to shut down the war. One of the things I say is that, you know, you, you, we've seen with Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema how much one senator can do in the U.S. Senate, and I would do that for a variety of things, including ending the war in Yemen, but on other issues. Look, no one's getting another $15 billion aircraft carrier until the needs of working families in North Carolina are met. Uh, That's the type of thing I would do in the U.S. Senate, shut it down uh, in order to get things for our people. Yeah, and I'm in 100% agreement. I'm an anti-war candidate as well. Um, So I would would strive to shut those down as fast as possible, keep our uh, money in our country and uh, not just that war though. I'm, I'm open to shutting them all down. That is not in the, the national defense of our Ukraine country. as well. You, uh, shut down funding for that. Yep. And you agree? Yeah, generally I agree. I mean, look, we've spent 60 billion dollars on the war in Ukraine. So war, at so far, it's a, it's a, yeah, yeah, it's a proxy war for the United States. Now, now, that, that I can say that and also condemn Russia for sure. their invasion. It's a criminal war. I mean, et cetera, et cetera. But this is a war that has roots that goes back quite a while. And there are people in D.C. who are very happy for this war, very happy it took place. Same time we look at the pandemic and uh, how much money we have to spend for the pandemic right now. All right, Matthew Ho, Green Party candidate, Libertarian Party candidate, Shannon Bray. Thanks so much for your time, guys. Good luck on the campaign trail. We appreciate it. Thank Thank you for having us. Thank you.